When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Hot Routes. Matthew Collar here, along with Manny Hill once again on the show. And uh, Manny, we've got actual football going on. So we're both trying to keep track of the game while we're doing the show. But hopefully people, and and this is going to be an every Thursday night thing, will watch the game and listen to us talk in the background as opposed to the broadcast, maybe. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited to preview the week to come, as well as talking about what's going on with, of course, our our local Vikings and so forth. But uh, how do you feel, Manny? It's been such a long time since we had football, and now it is finally back on the old TV. So that, that, that's got to be pretty good feeling. Maybe if we get one of those really bad, like, early November Thursday night matchups that we used to get in the past when like remember when like it would be like the Jaguars and the Titans or something and it were those awful like uh color rush uniforms and maybe maybe those will be the the nights where we'll get a a lot more sort of viewership so to speak during those games that are pretty boring that everybody hates but certainly not tonight I mean you've got it about as good a matchup as you can ask for to start the season so it's uh it's gonna be fun though I'm looking forward to this yeah, well, luckily, uh, people can listen on the replay as well and uh, on the audio feed on the Hot Routes uh, on iTunes, of which there are additional episodes that aren't on this YouTube channel. So you want to go to iTunes and make sure that you uh, subscribe there as well to the Hot Routes feed, along with the Purple Insider feed. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we got a lot going on, a lot to get to, Manny. And I think we have to begin in a pretty obvious place that Justin Jefferson spoke with the media today. And uh, this was kind of the first time in a while that he's been in front of us. And he usually does every Thursday during the season. But in the offseason, it's kind of just like here or there where he'll hold a press conference. And it was very interesting to hear him talk about his contract because I think he was trying as hard as he possibly could to go out of his way, not to say anything that was going to imply that like, give me all the money. You know, he was trying not to do that. Uh, And at the same time, there was a little bit of like, but you guys should give me the money. So I'm going to bring you uh, at least one of his comments. here. Uh, I'm not really too sure. Um, 100% 100% on, on that. Uh, I'm just here to pro- play football like always, um, you know, and, and leave all of that other stuff up to them. Uh, of course, I will want a contract to be done, but uh, at the end of the day, it's all up to them and uh, what the ownership want to do uh, with that. And Manny, we saw Nick Bosa get a huge contract just before tonight's game. Joe Burrow signs a massive contract. These are guys who are among the best players at their position in the NFL. Jefferson, of course, is in that category as well. So my question for you is, 
if the Vikings don't get Justin Jefferson extended before kickoff on Sunday, is it panic time? What, uh, where would you put it on the one to 10 panic meter if they are not able to come to an agreement with Justin Jefferson? Well, on, on a scale of one to 10, I would say maybe about a four. And, and I, I, I say it's only that low because he is signed, you know, on his rookie rookie scale contract, he signed through next season. And so it's not like if they don't get something worked out this year that he's just going to walk in free agency and, oh, it's bye-bye Justin Jefferson. Um, but I do think that if they don't get a deal done before Sunday, it is something that, that will be, you know, people are going to need to kind of watch for. And certainly he's going to get a ton of questions about it. Um, you know, Quasi will get a ton of questions about it. KOC will get a ton of questions about it. Um, but as far as, you know, should people really panic about it? I, I don't think so, at least not yet. I think if we get into next offseason and there's still no deal done, then it's going to be like, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? And then it's like, okay, will is he going to hold out? You know, because he didn't. Obviously, he didn't hold out this offseason. Um but if they don't get it done next, uh, get one done next season, uh, next off season, then it's going to be the clock will really be ticking at that point, and uh, then it'll be really dicey. But I think right now, I don't think there's a lot to really worry about at this point. JJ's a professional. Obviously, he's showing up to work every day, ready to go. He's going to be ready to go Sunday. So um, as far as them needing to, you know, people need to panic right now. I don't think so. Well, we are Minnesota sports fans and we are naturally born to panic whenever something slightly goes wrong. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, that's right. There, You have to do this on a, a sliding scale of Minnesotaness has to be added into this uh, because they have been through this before, this fan base, so many times it feels like. But for me, it's probably only a, around the same range as you, maybe even a three. What it means is that things could get ugly Let's see, uh, one year from now, basically. I mean, even when you look at Nick Bosa throughout this entire offseason, it's what's going on with Bosa? Is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? And then right before the season starts, after he sat out the entire training camp and hasn't had to go through all that, then he signs one of the biggest deals in history. And you don't want that. You don't want that drama. You don't want those uh, discussions going on around your team. And for San Francisco, that was a distraction for them in a year where they think that they could win the Super Bowl. And for the Vikings, you you really uh, would prefer not to have that next year. But at the same time, There is just so much set up in place in the Vikings' favor for signing Justin Jefferson in terms of the fifth-year option, the franchise tag, those things, that it makes sense for him to try to work out a deal with them as much as it does them with him. And what you want is everybody to come away happy with no bad blood and no frustration. It's like if you get married, you don't want a fight at your wedding. Uh, You're still married. But, you know, you're going to remember how ugly that was. Like, you don't want that. But even then, like, money heals all wounds when it comes to something like this. So I think if they don't get something done by Sunday, that that's not a huge problem. It does reduce the Vikings' flexibility in the future with the cap. It does probably send the price up to some extent and because uh, it's not going down after this. Uh, but it doesn't mean that he's a Jacksonville Jaguar next year. And I think that that would be the only point you would panic is if the words trade request 
get tossed out there, then you start to go, okay, this is maybe a Khalil Mack type of situation. But until something like that happens, the way that I read Justin Jefferson's body language is he does not enjoy this discussion at all. He does not want to have this conversation in front of everybody. I think he wants to keep it behind closed doors, but also a very good faith approach from him to not make noise in public and also to go to every single practice, every single rep, they put the C on his jersey. And, you know, he talked about like trying to just, you know, be that captain and the leader through, you know, all the noise about his contract extension. But at the same time, if you're Jefferson, you're probably a little agitated that they haven't uh, gotten this done at some point. But I think that the way he's handled it, all of the indications have been that this is not an ugly situation. And even if it goes past that deadline, the door opens again, assuming that they don't negotiate in the season, the door opens again in February for them to have these discussions. So we are so far away from it, even though it's like a topic du jour and he's talking about it. If it doesn't happen, there's so much time before kickoff next season for this to happen that I don't think that the panic uh, number should be all that high. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and you know, to your point, it's, you know, he has he's shown up. He's answered questions. He's been ready to go. He's a competitor. He wants to play. It's not like he's going to sit out. You know, we don't have to worry about him holding out right now. It's not like a Chris Jones situation that the Chiefs are dealing with right now. I mean, Chris Jones is not playing tonight because he doesn't have a contract and he wants a new contract. Um, I don't think we're going to get to that point yet with JJ, but uh, you know, like you said, if we fast forward a year from now and there's still no deal done, then he might be one of those guys that's sitting out week one because he doesn't want to put himself at risk of getting injured without having a new, um, a new big contract. So uh, hold on, let me scroll back up. Sorry about that. Uh, Joel says uh, thoughts on the Joe Burrow extension. Well, I mean, my thought Manny is just that, Wow, there's a lot of money the NFL is making. I mean, that's number one. Uh, number two is there is a select list of dudes that play the quarterback position that are worth it, and Mr. Burrow is worth it. However, him and Josh Allen suddenly becoming expensive, along with Justin Herbert, makes this dynamic really interesting because the front office game has not been very hard for these teams. It's been have Josh Allen profit. Like go, go get whoever you want, pay whoever you want, extend whoever you want, whatever. And the same thing goes for Cincinnati. They basically rebuilt their defense and offensive line through free agency. And because they were like, okay, we, I guess we can go get Orlando Brown and get Trey Hendrickson. We could get Mike Hilton. We'll just start adding anybody who can sign a contract and wants to live in Cincinnati. But after this, it becomes where you have to be quite shrewd and you have to get some good th- things going your way or it does become more difficult. And even if you are Joe Burrow, uh, you're probably guaranteed to be a good team just by having him. But are you a true Super Bowl contender when the roster dips a little bit unless you are very good in the front office game and you don't let the roster dip? And so how they play it from here, uh, savvy signings and extensions, some cap management, they're going to have to draft well, which is a, a pretty random, but we talk about that a lot on the show, but you're going to need that to survive. So now I think the AFC battle just got more interesting because the the guys who are, are established one, two, three, four, 
Well, they're all highly paid. And the Chiefs, they played this game extremely well by letting go Tyree Kill and knowing that Patrick Mahomes could make up for a lot of that. But now it's going to be like, hey, if Anthony Richardson's good, now they got the advantage. If C.J. Stroud is good, now they got the advantage, right, over some of the highest paid uh, quarterbacks. So in a way, we here cover the NFC mostly. I'm a little bit jealous because there's there's nothing more intriguing than the front office game that's going to get played over the next couple of years with these elite quarterbacks. Well, and the other interesting thing with Cincinnati is, okay, you've paid Joe Burrow. He's going to be taking up a significant portion of your cap. Jamar Chase is going to have to get paid, you know, very soon. T. Higgins is going to have to get paid very soon. Are they going to have to make a decision between one of those two guys? Can they be able to sign both of them? I mean, T. Higgins is really good, man. Like, we know how great Jamar Chase is. T. Higgins is fantastic. And if Cincinnati wants to stay in this you know, keep this this Super Bowl contending window open, they're going to have to find a way to, you're certainly going to want to keep at least one of those guys, but you probably want to find a way to keep both of them because it's good to have two wide receivers that are really good instead of just one. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing to see too, is just how they kind of handle that, you know, is, is how much money is T Higgins going to want? If they, you know, if they pay Jamar Chase, okay, is T Higgins going to want that same amount? Are they going to be able to afford that? What are they going to do there? So that'll be interesting to see how they sort of, you know, navigate through that over the next couple of years. The window is open now, but, you know, a year from now, two years from now, when they have to pay those other two guys, what's going to happen there? And, and the structure of the entire thing should be very interesting as well, because, of course, they put out the biggest numbers. But how many years is this window open? Even with Josh Allen, the window remained open with fairly low cap hits, I think, until maybe last year or even this year, where it finally took that jump up. So it was two more years after he signed the extension before it took that huge jump. And Mahomes did that last year. And so now how do you manage around that? Who who can you afford to let go? Who can you know who do you have to pay? Like you're talking about with T. Higgins. Like, is he a guy you have to pay or a guy that you want to pay? And how are you going to make those decisions? And how much is your ownership willing to sell out the future for the short term? Because you know, you look at the Saints, you look at how the Vikings handled this when they first got Kirk. Those teams had a lot of expensive players, but they just sold out the future. And eventually the bill came and both teams got smacked in the mouth by the salary cap a little bit and had to lose a lot of players. But the Bengals are in a position to sell out for a few years. So a lot of times what you could do is just kind of kick the ball down the road while your winning window is open and eventually it will hit you, but not for a few seasons. And that could be uh, happening here. Uh, Blue Stork says, uh, okay, now that I've seen it, Detroit is scaring me. Well, it's seven to seven. So, you know, in the second quarter, <laughs> but I do think, I do think Detroit is going to be good, uh, man. He was kind of a, a, one of the off season topics of like, is this Detroit team really going to be good? Or is it just a, the hype train? And I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle, but I'm not shocked that they're playing fairly well against Kansas city to start the season. Are you? No, not at all. I mean, Travis Kelsey's not playing tonight. Uh, Chris Jones is obviously, as we talked about, is not playing tonight. So though, that's two of the Chiefs' three best players on their team is not playing tonight. So, I mean, we know that Patrick Mahomes is basically God on the football field, but you know he can't he can't do it all by himself. And so, you know, and the Lions have talent. I mean, Jared Goff, 
sometimes we make jokes about Jared Goff, but this is a guy that led a team to a Super Bowl, you know, four years ago. So, or five years ago now, I guess. Um, so he's certainly capable. I think with the way that they finished the season last year, um, they're certainly a, a team that's going to be very competitive this year. And who knows if the Vikings slip enough and the Lions kind of keep on this this steady trajectory, they're gonna they're gonna end up winning this division. So the Vikings are gonna have to be careful. I think it's I think there's reason for a little bit of concern, but I think the Vikings are gonna have to do you know what we believe that they're gonna be able to do in order to to hang on to this division and and win it. And I think they will. Um, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a dog fight. And so far uh, at the moment, I mean, Jared Goff is kind of doing what I expect Jared Goff to do, which is complete a lot of passes. I, I think that they have weapons that they're going to scheme open and they have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in Amon Ross St. Brown. So like, I think it is going to be a dangerous offense. Uh, maybe the thing, and this is like the first half of the first game and it's without Travis Kelsey, but their defense playing pretty well or reasonably well against Kansas City. Like that's where if their defense steps up, they can be a very legit team because I think their defensive ceiling is higher than the Vikings. They've been drafting on defense for a while. They've been adding pieces to their secondary. Well, the Vikings are kind of like where Detroit's defense was last year, where you've got some players that you like, but you've also got some holes in that defense and very little depth. So it's kind of like the Vikings need another year to catch that up. And uh, I think that's, I mean, reason to believe if their defense is good, that they can win that division. Uh, JP says, am I the only one to think that if Kirk plays well, Quasi will panic and pull a Spielman move and give Kirk an extension. It, it really depends on how well, don't you think, Manny? Like, I think the bar is extremely high for Kirk Cousins to get an extension. Number one, because Kirk seems fine with it. I mean, if Kirk was like irritated that they hadn't extended him and really wanted to be nothing but a Viking for life, then okay, maybe you would say like, okay, he'll probably sign anything they put in front of him after this year. But I think that the way that this regime has not bought into Cousins, which is the smart way to do it, uh, to him has probably been pretty (laughs) off-putting. I mean, if I was in his position and I won 13 games and put up good numbers and had all these fourth-quarter comebacks and got the ball to Jefferson as much as I did, and they came to me and said, how about a contract that doesn't keep us locked into you? I'd be like, no. What's your problem? I'm going somewhere else now. And I think this is the I think this is the right handling for both parties. Uh, and, and so unless they go to the NFC championship, I think that the Vikings and Kirk are probably best going through this season, trying to win the division, trying to go deep in the playoffs and then just parting ways unless it is so good and they have a top five offense and they're in the NFC championship that you just like have to do it. Kind of like Joe Flacco 2012, where they were ready to move on from Joe Flacco. They did not sign that extension with him. And he was a free agent after that year. And then he won the Super Bowl. So they're like, okay, let's give Joe Flacco the worst contract in football, which they did, but who cares? Like flags fly forever. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that, that I, I, maybe your opinion is different, but I don't see this scenario happening unless they do extremely, extremely well this year. Well, I mean, if, Winning 13 games and winning a winning the division last year wasn't enough for them to give them and give them an extension. And why? I mean, if if they do that again, let's say they win this division again, let's say they win 11 or 12 games again, win win the NFC North again. Um, 
and maybe win a playoff game. I I can't even really see that being enough. You know, I mean, to, to your point, I think it, it would take like, I think it would take that and a trip to the NFC championship game to the point where it's like, it's almost like a no brainer where it's like, okay, well, come on. We just, we got to extend it. But even, I mean, this team, Case Keenum took this team to the NFC championship game, you know, six, six, seven years ago. And they parted ways with him after that, you know, because they felt like they needed to do better. Um, and in this case, it might just be, he Kirk might lead this team to an NFC championship game and they still might, you know, KOC and, and Quasi might still look at each other and say, Ah, but if we if we part ways with Kirk and bring in a young quarterback in, it gives us so much more flexibility, so much to work with. And don't you just kind of feel like Kevin O'Connell wants to find his guy? I know he's worked in the past with Kirk in Washington, and they they seem to have a good relationship, a good working relationship now. But every every young head coach wants to find their guy, right? Like it just it they can't help themselves. So and eventually at some point, Kirk's not gonna play forever. At some point, the Vikings are gonna have to move on from him. And after this season seems like the perfect time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, we are going all in on prize picks this football season. If you haven't heard of it, prize picks is the easiest and best way to play daily fantasy. Instead of battling against thousands of other players and people who spend their entire life doing fantasy, all you do is pick more or less on between two and six players' stat projections. Say a quarterback's number is 250 yards. Go more or less and bang, you're playing. And you can pick from hundreds of players this football season. It's so simple. I'm not kidding. I submit my picks in less than 60 seconds. There's nothing better for my crazy schedule during football season than prize picks. It also doesn't cost an arm and a leg to make some money. You can turn $10 into $250 with a few taps of a button. Again, a perfect fit for your busy schedule. This isn't just something we're endorsing. You're going to hear us using it on the show all season long here on Purple Insider. It should be a lot of fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash purple. That is prizepicks.com slash purple. Use the code purple for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash purple. Use the code purple. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy.
Um, so Jason says, uh, the longer the Vikings wait, the more expensive JJ will be. Get it done now. I, uh, agree completely. I don't think it gets easier from here. And I think with these contracts that have been signed in the last few days, what you're going to have to do is it's sort of like this. Uh, so I bought a house recently and when the listing price is out on the internet, you think like, oh, well, it's that. But it's not that. It's way higher than that because it's a very competitive market. And so when you look at the receiver market and you know what the best receivers have been paid, you go like, oh, those are the list prices. But they're not the actual prices. You have to go way above list now after the contracts that have been signed. And they just have to accept that. I, that that's how I look at it. They, they have to accept that. He's got all the cards right now, uh, even if they could do the whole franchise bit and everything else. But that's actually hard for the team to do because if you franchise tag a guy – and it's $30 million franchise tag, it's $30 million on the cap. You don't want to do that. So they'll say, well, we got a franchise tag. And he'll say, I could demand a trade or I could just take the franchise tag and then I get all that cash. And, and I don't think either side, it's kind of like that scene in the office where everybody's pointing the finger guns at each other. They're kind of like, you know, they're like at a standoff. Uh, that's what this feels like. But each side knows that it's better for them if they uh, sign an extension. Jeff Viking says Vikings don't appear to have any better options than Cousins anytime soon. I mean, I don't know if you watched college football last week, but I disagree. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are coming out this year that could be first rounders. Also, the team has won one playoff game since he signed in the year 2018. I was a lot younger in 2018. The hairline came down to here in 2018. You had hair. You had a big fro. No, I'm just kidding. You've never had hair since I've known you. But uh I mean, it's been a long time and the man has won one playoff game like this hasn't worked. This has been a pretty much a complete failure from what their expectations were when they signed him. So to say there's no better options like I don't then losing every year in the first round or not making the playoffs like I, I definitely think that there's better options down the road. But I think what happens, Manny, is any team that has an average quarterback, they always think, well, what if we draft a bad quarterback? But the thing is, if you draft a bad quarterback, you just keep building up your roster and you just keep getting better. And also, if your roster is this good already, has this many foundational pieces, hey, the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and they're a Super Bowl favorite. Like if your roster is already good and built solidly, you can make a mistake in the draft and still have it end up working out fine with, with your roster building. Uh, I just think that like – the the athleticism element, the mobility element is going to be necessary in the future. And also they can give a rookie quarterback the the best possible situation with a great receiver, a great tight end, another rookie receiver who's ascending. I mean, I, I think that their options are real are really good actually going forward at this quarterback position. Plus, if there's any quarterback who is disgruntled, who do you want to play with? Oh the best wide receiver in football. So when Tom Brady says I'm coming back or Phillip Rivers says I'm coming back, you're the team that they're coming to. Or if Andrew Luck says he's coming back, um, you know, there's a, uh, as far as options, I mean, there's a, there's a young man in Boulder, Colorado that I saw play on last Saturday that played really, really well against uh, TCU. That's very intriguing to me. Um, and uh, there's a guy out in Los Angeles that's pretty good that's going to be a top pick, and guy in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, who might be pretty good. I mean, there's going to be options. And and look, I mean, we don't even know where the Vikings are going to finish yet. I mean, 
we think that they're probably going to win the division, but what if they don't? What if they're eight and nine or nine and eight? Then you're picking in the middle of the first round. Then you have a little bit more of an ability to move up maybe into the top five and get a young quarterback if you want. Who knows? I mean, I think there are, I think there are options. I don't, I don't think we should be, you know, trying to convince ourselves that, well, I guess we're just going to have to settle with Kirk the rest of the way here. I mean, I think there's, there's an opportunity here beyond this season. You, you see how this year goes. Maybe Kirk plays well. They build off of what they did last year and and play better. I have my doubts about that. But um, but if they don't, then maybe you're in a position to where you can move up and get one of those young quarterbacks in next year's draft. Right, draft Dion's kid and bring in Dion as defensive backs coach, and that that's the plan. That's the plan. He uh, just looking at him, athleticism, but also accuracy, maturity, leadership. I mean, he was checking a lot of boxes for me, and I was only one game. But you know, last year, Anthony Richardson played that first game against Utah, and it was sort of the same effect where everyone went like. Okay, who is this? And the guy ended up fourth overall. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is a guy to watch uh, along with some others. Uh, Blue Stork says watching the Chiefs makes me miss McKinnon. Always, I mean, always a big uh, McKinnon guy. I thought that they should have leaned into his receiving ability a little bit more when he was here. But mistakes were made on offense during the Zimmer era. Uh, Matthew says, nice to see Josh Metellus's extension. Thoughts on it only being two years. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll keep him here for at least a couple more seasons, and then we can kind of see where that goes from here. But uh, Josh Metellus, I think, is one of the best stories on the team, and he's also a lesson about a lot of things. A lot, I mean, you could take you could take life advice from Josh Metellus. This is a guy who was cut as a sixth-round pick and is as intelligent as it gets for an NFL player, is a great teammate. He This year, you talk about like a diligence and how much you care about your job. He completely revamped how he got ready for the season based on the fact that he thought he was going to play more on defense. So he's doing breathing exercises, long distance running to be ready to handle the workload he's going to have to go through. Uh, I, I mean, this guy, I, this guy could coach the team, right? <laughs> like he, he is, is that kind of level of football intelligence. I wrote about this earlier this year that that's like his secret weapon. And so when you see a guy who maybe wasn't the most high touted player. It kind of reminds me a lot of like Anthony Harris, uh, you know, somebody who just works his way through the ranks like this to get this extension. I think it's one of the coolest things in the game, Manny. When, when a guy does it the way that he did by being like first, first class teammate that everybody talks about helping everybody around him, grinding on the special teams. Like there's a, there is entitlement in sports. I don't know if you ever heard this, but there is, you'd be surprised. And, uh, there, there is no entitlement in this man. He did everything that that he needed to do. And I think also, like, he's a legit weapon for them. I mean, somebody who can move around and play a lot of different spots is an aggressive player, a really good tackler, really instinctual and intelligent player. And I give Brian Flores a lot of credit. I'm just impressed by Brian Flores' ability to see somebody like this and go, I can use you. I can find a way to use you. So I, I love this extension for him. Um, two years is probably as far as you'd want to go, like I, for someone who's been just a special teamer. But I think this is kind of a sign from the organization. Like if if you're an undrafted free agent or you're a late round pick and you're like this guy, we will reward you. So I think it's good on a lot of levels. Yeah, I agree with you. He, he kind of reminds me of, and I think he's actually going to end up being probably even more of an impact player on the field than this but you know Matthew Slater of the Patriots 
it's that same type of thing where he's just he's not a big name guy, obviously, but he he's just a great teammate behind the scenes. He goes out, he does his job. One of the best special teams players um, that the NFL has had in the last decade or so. And, you know, like I said, I think Josh Metellus has a potential to be even more than have more of an impact than just that. But when you're talking about a guy who wasn't drafted high, who got cut from a team and puts in the work and is a great teammate, that's that's the kind of guy you want. And that that goes into building, a, you know, a, a winning culture. I mean, the Vikings, you know, the Vikings have been a very competitive team, obviously going all the way back to to the first couple of years of Mike Zimmer. But um, you you want to have those guys that kind of represent the winning uh, mentality that that you want to have as a as a champion going forward. So, I, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. His story, like you said, is fantastic. When he's out there, he just seems to make something happen. Always seems to make a play. Um, so that's good to have. It, it's it's always important to have players like that. So good for him. Yeah, yep. Brian Flores called it a joy to get to know him. I mean, that's you know, it, I, I don't know. I'm just always. Um, fascinated by guys who over, overcome their draft status, overcome early setbacks in their career and how they do it. And uh, he's kind of a poster boy for that, but also valuable to this year's defense and going forward. And uh, one thing that has come up uh, is a, a natural question is what it means for like Lewis scene. Does this say anything about Lewis scene? And I guess my answer, Manny would be nothing. You didn't already know. I mean, Lewis scene after two years, has not had any impact whatsoever. And we'll see if he does this year at some point, but it doesn't appear that he's going to because he hasn't been put into a role like Josh Metellus. They've got their starting safeties. They kept even extra safeties for special teams, but we already knew that before they extended Metellus. We already knew how much they liked Metellus. And I I guess, you know, this kind of reminds me of like a Treadwell when Adam Thielen exploded. It was like, well, doesn't matter who it was. It just matters that you got one. I mean, right? So uh, it doesn't matter where he got drafted once you're trying to win football games. Okay, your first rounder was a bust, but your undrafted guy's a star. It might be that way, uh, or it might be that maybe they don't know how long Cam Bynum's going to be a starter. Uh, they don't know how long Harrison Smith is going to play. And I think Lewis Seen deserves one more training camp. Uh, he came off that horrendous injury and everything else and also deserves us to, to find out through the season if he can carve out a role for himself. Sometimes we just like to declare instantly that things are busts or things didn't work out. But K.J. Osborne was like the worst player in his first year. The guy like couldn't even catch a punt and had no catches. And uh, Trey Wayans like couldn't play at all in his first two years, essentially. So I'm always slow to say, oh, yeah, it's a bust. This didn't work out. Like, I like to give it a little more time with Lewis Cena. And I don't think that this changes anything about his future. I don't either. And and I think to your point, you got to give him some time. Also, like you said, if if you miss a draft pick, a lot of times an important thing to do is it, can you make up for it in, in a later round or like in free agency? Can you find, you know, an undrafted guy that turns into like an Adam Thielen? Like you said, Laquan Treadwell was a bust. He was not good for the Vikings at all, but they got through it. It was okay because Adam Thielen emerged as an undrafted guy that worked his tail off and got into the position um, that he was in. So I think that's the more important thing to me. If if you feel like you've missed on a first round pick, 
first of all, every team in the league at some point or another is going to miss on a first round pick. It's inevitable. It just, it just happens. Um, not all 32 guys that are taken in a first round are going to be super high impact players. But I think it is important that if you miss on one of those, if you can find a way to make up for it with, you know, a fourth or fifth or sixth round pick that ends up sort of stepping into that role that you were hoping for that first round pick, then who cares? It's fine. Um, you know, I, I like Lewis scene. He seems like a good kid. Um, I hope it works out for him. I hope he can find a way to kind of turn himself into uh, the player that we hope he can be. Um, but if he doesn't, I think the Vikings will be okay. I think they'll be able to survive it. Um, you give Quasi a little bit of a break because it was his first draft. And sometimes you just kind of have to, you just have to be cognizant of like, okay, a guy stepping into a role for the first time. It's his first draft. There might be some swings and misses. Um, but if you make up for it later on down the line, then I think things should be fine. Folks, this fall season is an unbelievable time for sports, and I'm always a fan of trying to catch other games when I go on the road to cover football, like baseball, hockey, basketball, just about anything. And that's why I use Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets of any type of event, even music, comedy, whatever you're looking for. Game Time has last-minute flash deals on tickets, images of seats, and a low-price guarantee. You don't have to plan your tickets months out in advance. With Game Time, there are deals on tickets right up to game day. The Game Time guarantee means that you always get the best deal. If you find a better price in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110%. Buy tickets in seconds and have them arrive right there on your phone. It's great. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code INSIDER for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code INSIDER for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute's tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You know, well, I mean, I just think in, in general that there's regrets to be had. Uh, and there were probably some first guesses maybe on this show about that draft that it wasn't going to go right necessarily or that it wasn't the best use of the draft capital, the trade down, everything else. But I also think that what what matters is the overall bigger picture. So it was not a, a great draft. But if you have a better draft the following season and you find other players and by the way, like there's a fourth round pick in that draft starting a corner. And I also don't think it's determined yet that Ed Ingram is a bust after one season at guard where we've seen many offensive linemen struggle. So, again, like let's give it a little more time to decide. But I, I don't think that one draft for anybody is like proof that they don't know what they're doing for one, uh, because there's drafts from everyone that have gone sideways. But I also don't think that they ruin your franchise if you've managed other parts of the roster well. So if you've managed the, the salary cap well, this was the problem with the Rick Spielman era. And I'm sort of chuckling at, at Matt's comment who says, can we have Rick draft every position and let Quasey and Kevin pick the quarterback? Uh, yeah, I don't think you want Rick drafting defense. Let's go through the defensive draft picks that Rick Spielman made. Josh Metellus might be the best one since 2015. I mean, I, I went through this once uh, where I think there was like 18 players drafted since 2016 on defense. And Cam Bynum was the only starter. I it, it, like he he had a run of bad luck after drafting 
Eric Kendricks and Daniil Hunter and Trey Waynes in the same draft and then had a run of bad luck with middle round draft picks and didn't ever find those guys again. So it it uh, it is something that happens to everyone where they have runs of bad drafting or one bad draft. Uh, but how you manage the rest of it. The problem with the Spielman era was that they ran the cap all the way up to the brim every single year. They paid everyone. They paid Kyle Rudolph. They paid Kendricks. They paid Barr. They pay, They gave out contracts to anyone who was on the 2017 team. And then when it came to missing on draft picks, it just destroyed them. And they're, and they're ending up playing cornerbacks who are just like veterans that they grabbed out of nowhere and not guys that they were trying to draft because it went sideways. They left no uh, room for error really whatsoever when with the way that they handled the salary cap. So this is where I think that they have done a really good job setting up for the future right now with the salary cap and with the situation with Kirk Cousins, where if you move on from him, then you have more room for error. Like the Cincinnati Bengals did not draft every player successfully. And and neither did the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs drafted a freaking running back with the 32nd overall pick for only God knows why. Like and yet, and the guy's a total bust, and we're talking about Jarek McKinnon playing for them in a seventh rounder. Like that happens, right? And but how do you work around it? Well, Kansas City works around it by having the best quarterback in the world, but they also had the salary cap advantages. The Bengals have had the salary cap advantages, so that's what the Vikings are trying to do. Uh, at some point, uh, I did have other questions, by the way, and, and you guys asking questions in the comments has been great for the discussion. But I did have some other questions to ask you. And, and I wanted to throw this one out there for you, Manny. Which oft criticized player during the offseason has the best chance to make a statement in week one as we get ready for uh, everyone to massively overreact? The candidates, Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, who do you think has the best chance to make a statement in week one and say, ha ha, I've proved the haters wrong, even though obviously it's just week one. But, you know, that's that's what that'll be the reaction right away. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Um, and the reason why is simply because of the team that he's playing. I, I just I like some of the pieces that the Raiders have. I'm just not a believer in Josh McDaniels as a head coach. I just I wouldn't trust him with a 10-foot pole. He was abysmal in Denver. The way he handled, you know, getting the getting the Colts job and then backing out of that um at the at the 11th hour was just completely bogus to me. Um and you know, really I mean, how good were the Raiders last year? That was a team that the year before they were they were a playoff team with an interim head coach. And uh, and and so he takes over and they they take a pretty significant step back. And, you know, and I, I just I think this is an opportunity with with Sean Payton stepping in now to lead the way for Denver. Russell Wilson, I think, will be motivated to kind of show everybody what you saw last year with Nathaniel Hackett is not the real Russell Wilson. Um, and I think this is an opportunity now against a team that I don't think is going to be all that great uh, for him to to kind of show out week one. How he'll look the rest of the season, I don't know. We'll see. But I think this is a pretty big chance for him uh, come Sunday. I think that's a great pick because, yeah, I mean, how Midwestern of you to be like, no, I like some guys on the Raiders. Stop it, Manny. That defense <laughs> is ugly. That defense is ugly. It's gnarly. It's not good. 
I, I think that team has a chance to be drafting the quarterbacks we were talking about earlier uh, at the very top if things don't go well for their, like really well for their offense. But I, I think with Sean Payton, he's been talking all this trash this entire offseason. He's been telling Russell Wilson to stop being a politician. He's been telling Nate Hackett he sucks. Like, he, I mean, he's just been out there, right? So he better game plan his ass off in that first game and light up the Raiders for 48 points. I mean, if he doesn't, he's going to look kind of foolish. And I, and I also think the guy didn't forget how to game plan football uh, in the one year he was away from the NFL. So I think that is a great pick. I'm not so sure about Aaron Rodgers because he's playing Buffalo in a good Sean McDermott defense. But I do think that Justin Fields and Baker Mayfield both have a bit of a chance here. I mean, with Baker Mayfield, it's simple. Vikings corners have not played National Football League football and his wide receivers are great. So even if he does make some mistakes, he's, I think, going to have the, the the possibility of throwing the ball down the field to those guys. But I also just don't trust. And every year it's like Green Bay's defense, watch out for them. And then they're just like, OK. And the way that they game planned last year or didn't against Justin Jefferson and he's out there like against Preston Smith or something with space. I don't trust the, the their ability to uh, play against Justin Fields in week one. That doesn't mean that I think that Fields is going to be the next, you know, Steve McNair or something. But I think in week one that uh, also the Bears, they've had a long time to prepare. They know this defensive scheme that the Packers are playing, uh, that they're going to have a chance there. The Packers do have an advantage in the trenches, but I think that that's mitigated a bit by Fields' running ability. So I could see Fields having a good game and then all the Bears fans being like, you see, you doubted us. You doubted Justin Fields. You haters, you. I, I could absolutely see that happening. Plus, by the way, I've noticed that the Packers receivers are kind of banged up and that might like not play in their favor. So I think I might go with Justin Fields. I think I might go with Justin Fields proving the haters wrong in week one. Yeah, the same Bears fans that themselves have a lot of doubts about Justin Fields as soon as he has a great game week one against the Packers, the team that every Bears fan hates, then of course he's going to be the the second coming of Patrick Mahomes in, in their eyes. So yeah, it's it's going to be pretty funny. Uh, Matt asks, what's the salary cap next year uh, with or without Kirk Cousins. Why well, I can't say what it would be with him because I don't know what contract he would sign. But if you look at the contract signed recently by quarterbacks, it's a lot. It's going to be a lot. I mean, yeah, he's not Joe Burrow. Nobody thinks that. But everyone who raises the ceiling pulls up everybody else. And when Daniel Jones already made 40 per year, you know Kirk Cousins is going to be saying, that guy, that guy made 40? <laughs> I mean, if he wins... 10 games and has a really good season. He's going to say like, I'm better than that guy. I need more than 40. Uh, so at very and I don't know how they would structure it, but also if they extend him, they have to include that dead cap money somewhere and that doesn't just go away. So they're on the hook for 28 million in dead cap next year if he's gone. But if he's here, it's probably just as or more expensive uh, to keep him and definitely more expensive at some point during that uh, situation. I mean, that's what, look, when you have to sign Jefferson, Derisaw, and, and you've got young defensive players who are coming up, I mean, you, there's really just not 
a lot of options when it comes to the quarterback. Like you have to have a cheap quarterback situation if you're trying to build a complete roster. And that's the point about Mahomes and Burrow is that you could pay them and you don't have to have a complete roster to be a Super Bowl contender, but you do if it's Kirk. And that's always been the trouble with Kirk. It's never been. And we used to struggle with this so much, Manny, you and I, when we were on the radio together to, to like get this through. It's never been that he's not clutch. It's never been that he can't win on Monday night football. It's, it's not even been that he's not like the most outward leader or anything else. It's always been, here's what you get from him production wise versus here's what he costs. And that doesn't match up. That's what it's always been. And that will continue to happen. Um, you know, going forward. Uh, this is this is good. Uh, from Chris says, am I the only person seeing Caleb Williams' dad's comments about the draft who is thinking there is a chance? <laughs> hey, maybe he pulls like an Eli Manning or something. I don't think so, Manny. I think if a quarterback's going to go number one, there's way, and people can talk NIL all they want. There's way more money in it for, for you. If you go number one overall in the NFL draft, you get paid a ton, ton of guaranteed money, even as a quarterback, or especially as the quarterback, with the rookie wage scale and the advertising capabilities, if you're a guy like him, even if you're playing in Arizona, it doesn't matter where you're playing in the NFL or through the roof. I just feel like that's something that has happened every year with a first round pick. Well, will Joe Burrow not go to Cincinnati? No, he's gone. It, it'll be all right. Uh, Arizona is going to do what they can to turn around their franchise's culture before that happens. And they're also going to have a new coach of Caleb Williams's choosing uh, if that should happen. Don't you think? I mean, that this is this is the most coach hired to get fired that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and what better team to do it than the Arizona Cardinals, right? Because we've seen them do it before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just fail to see any scenario where Caleb Williams is not the number one pick in the draft in 2024, um, unless maybe he gets injured or something or whatever. I, I don't know. But it just seems to me like he's the front. It, it just seems like, like everybody knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one pick, right? couple of years ago like it was it was just a foregone conclusion there was some talk about wow zach wilson maybe it's like no it's going to be trevor lawrence and that's the way it was going to be i, I kind of feel the same way about caleb williams you know i i think you know drake may is is intriguing to me you know i love me some shador sanders um but everything about caleb williams his mobility the arm talent um he's he's playing in a on a, on a big time program in a big time conference that is kind of falling apart right now. Um, but everything about him just, just reeks of number one overall pick. And I just have a hard time seeing anything, um, seeing anything different come on next spring. Yeah. And, and I think for him, like the Jaguars are a great example. The Jaguars could not have been lower as a franchise, but Trevor Lawrence went and jo Joe Burrow, like Cincinnati could not have been lower as a franchise. Joe Burrow went to Cincinnati. If you're drafted number one, if you're going to go number one overall, you cannot risk your future by coming back to college. It's been done, but you know it's not always a, a wise thing to do if you're trying to maximize everything that you're worth and your opportunity to play in the NFL. So I, I, I think he would do that. Um, you know, even, uh, even if his dad's trying to hedge a little bit, like maybe we'll stay like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he'll just go number one. And it's not a guarantee that it's Arizona, by the way, like somebody else could get their quarterback hurt. Who's an average team. It could be the Raiders. Like if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt as he always does, 
I don't know who their backup is, but the rest of that team is pretty bad. So, uh, you know, you, you never know what could happen. We don't always know who the number one team is going to be. Weren't the, Bear, didn't, weren't the Bears like three and two to start the season and lost like 11 straight games or something? So, uh, how, or maybe that doesn't add up, whatever it was. Uh, but I remember that Greg Gabriel tweet, like you think the bears are losing all the rest of their games. And then they did. Uh, Todd <laughs> says, if the opportunity presented itself, would you trade future draft capital to move up for a quarterback? My answer is absolutely. Yes. yes. Because you have superstars at the other positions and then you can fill in the rest with free agency. If you had nothing, if you had, Oh, that, that's a good point. Classic Big Ten quarterback, Caleb Williams, by the way, that we're talking about uh, for classic Big Ten franchise, uh, USC. But I think without hesitation, you trade up because you have a megastar left tackle. You have a megastar wide receiver. You have young players that you've drafted. Um, and, and so I, I think that that's one where it's time to make that trade up to get them. And then with the situation at quarterback, you kind of have to uh, to do that. Uh, la- last thing for you, Manny, last thing. Which uh, week one matchup is getting no hype whatsoever, but has a chance to be a wild game? And also, what what game, as an, as an add-on, if there's one that you think has the potential to show us the most bogus results versus the rest of the year? So something that happens and everyone goes, oh my gosh, what? And then, like just like Chicago beating San Francisco, like the most Chicago beating San Francisco last year thing to happen. So do you remember... I'll go with the second the second question of that first. Do you remember, it must have been about five years ago now, and I think it was me, you, and Judd Zolgad, we were on the radio, and we were talking about how, remember when Tampa Bay, the bad, this was pre-Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay, this was Dirk Cutter-led uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Ryan Fitzpatrick went into the Superdome week one and beat the Saints. They beat him like 45 to 40 or something like that, some wild shootout game. And everybody was just kind of like, wow, you know, what's wrong with the Saints? What's wrong with Sean Payton and Drew Brees? What's going on with them? Maybe the Bucs are pretty good. And then, like, the Bucs went like 4-12 and 12 or something, and Dirk Cutter got fired. Um, I'm, I, don't, I don't think the head coach of this – team was going to get fired after one season i kind of have that weird feeling about the texans and ravens too like maybe this is a game like i don't think the texans are going to be very good at all this year and i I think that's fine i think D'Amico ryan's ultimately will be a pretty good head coach uh but they just don't really have a lot right now um i i it, it wouldn't surprise me if they just go into baltimore and just like cj stroud just kind of like lights it up and even if even if the Ravens ultimately win the game, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Texans just like keep that game close because the Ravens the Ravens are good, but sometimes you, you just see some weird things happen in Baltimore, some weird games, um, and I think that that's a game that that could be pretty. I I, I think it kind of falls into both both questions um, there with a game that's kind of wild and crazy, maybe high scoring uh, with two you know young dynamic quarterbacks. And, but I also think it's going to be a game where it's like, well, the Texans aren't actually this good. Yeah, and I, I love that selection because that's one where literally no one in the world would pick the Texans. And if they won, it would be totally shocking, but also could probably not be representative of what happens over a long season. The Texans might win seven and the Ravens will probably be in the playoffs, but for week one and week one alone, 
kind of a you never know. And I like what the Texans are doing with D'Amico Ryans. I, I like uh, their whole approach, it, except for trading that draft pick. A little questionable there to uh, Arizona. Um, yeah, Chris mentions the Eli Manning thing. And the Eli Manning thing happened a really long time ago. And I know that we love going back in history, but the more recent history is even when a franchise looks pretty down and out, when they have the number one overall pick, Usually the player just goes there and turns around the franchise. So it would have to be really, really bad for him to do something like that. I would be very surprised. Also, I think the leverage is gone for all rookies. Like you get the rookie wage scale. It is what it is. I think it would be very tough for Caleb Williams to try to pull the same thing. Like if you're drafted and you don't go there, those there's no USFL like back in the day with Jim Kelly did it. Uh, there's, there's no leverage that they'll just say, all right, well, you just sit then. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's possible that he could see Arizona number one and be like, I'm not doing it, but I just recent history with Burrow and Lawrence's I'll go and I'll make that franchise great. Um, so anyway, my pick for this is also the same game uh, for both answers, which is Jacksonville and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, again, with a rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, you could see him running his way to, so, to, to something crazy. And also, the Jaguars have just had so much hype, Manny. And when a team has a, like a ton of hype in the offseason, expectations are super high, you could see him coming out a little bit tight and a little bit like, okay, we're facing this bad team. We got to blow them out right away. And just being a little too antsy and anxious where – Indianapolis plays a little more fast and loose, finds a way to shock everybody, win the game, and then Indianapolis finishes with five wins because they're not that good, and the Jaguars win the division easily. And like I, I could see that happening where it's getting no hype, but it's kind of a crazy game, and then also it is not what actually is going to play out. But I got to say, I mean, week one, I'm really interested to see these rookie quarterbacks. Like I am really interested to see Anthony Richardson on an NFL field CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, it's it's a good year for that. I mean, with all three of these guys coming into the league and playing right away. I'm really pumped to see Bryce Young. Um, you know, I've still I know things didn't work out in the end in, in Indianapolis for for your guy Frank Reich, but I do think he he did some good things in Indianapolis. Um and I'm I'm just curious to see how how he does with this is kind of the the first time Frank Reich is gonna have a young quarterback of his own to develop. You know, when he went into Indianapolis, he had Andrew Luck for that, for uh, Luck's last year in the league. So he had a guy that was already uh, well-established, but now he's going to get a shot to kind of develop his own young player. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a little worried if, you know, Bryce Young is going to hold up, you know, if that, if that small frame is going to hold up, but if he does, man, I think he's going to be really, really good. That guy plays with, um, he plays with an edge. He's got great instincts. He can move around and make things happen. Um, so I'm really excited to see how Bryce Young's going to look in, in Carolina. All of these guys, really, C.J. Stroud in Houston, uh, Anthony Richardson, I, I I just love and and I'm I'm really rooting for. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. And I'm I'm glad that we're gonna see all these guys play early too. That's gonna be really fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matthew says uh, Hutchinson is eating up the Chiefs uh, offensive line. He's going to feast on the Vikings interior. That's probably true. Also, we were talking about draft luck. The Jaguars draft Trayvon Walker, kind of a surprise to everybody. Not Aiden Hutchinson. That's draft luck. You just lucked into it. They did nothing <laughs> to deserve this great player other than just the other team 
probably made a mistake with who they picked. Uh, but I also agree with you. Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. So anyway, well, we're going to go watch the rest of that game. I haven't installed the TV like in front of me yet for future Thursday night episodes. You might see my eyes shooting over uh, at a television that's down here in the studio. So that'll happen. But uh, I'm going to go watch the rest of this game now. Manny, thanks for your time on a football opening Thursday. And thanks for everybody uh, for listening and playing along here. Uh, well, you know, the game is going on. So hopefully you enjoyed the chatter uh, while that was happening and we'll see how the game ends. But uh, thanks again, Manny. And we will talk again on Monday night. So I'm excited to see you then. Sounds good, my friend.